what sort of advice would you give to someone who's looking at, I guess, doing what you've you've done and, and jumping in to, to start their own business? And I'll go back to the advice that, that, that the observation, it's not advice, right? It's the, the, how do you assess a risk? You assess a risk with a look forward and a look back. In other words, it's not just the, that what might go wrong if you act, it's what might go wrong if you don't act. You've got to try and condition yourself or force yourself to um, consider both. And I came out of a meeting with a colleague earlier today where I was explaining that I was 15, I think I'm about 14 or 15 years older than her. And, and therefore, I have that advantage of, of experience in this in this business, in this industry. I've been working for well over 30 years and everything is urgent and everything's a near disaster and everything's a crisis or at least oftentimes it appears that's the case. And, and of course it's not. Yeah, so, so how do you figure out which, which as my, an ex-boss of mine used to, you know, how do you stop barking at passing cars and figure out the ones that, you know, you really should chase and then the ones that you should let go? Mm-hmm. I don't have an easy answer to that, but I, but I do know that if you try to fight a war on all fronts, you're gonna lose. And so I, my team, all of us, we have to focus our energies and resources on a on the smallest number of priorities that we possibly can and you've got to try and be ruthless that way and and that final piece of advice which you haven't asked before but but i would suggest that there are lots of different parts of life that are stressful and challenging raising capital is one of them as a for example the the sooner you accept it as part of your job and stop fighting the things that are stressful, the better off I've found life to be. So raising capital is part of my job. It's not a distraction from my job. Managing the regulator is part of my job. It's not an annoyance or a distraction from my job. Yeah, that that it's a mindset, but you've got to force yourself artificially to accept these things. And as soon as you do, it becomes more natural. And actually, for me at least, the stress dissipates. I think you get out what you put in. It's an environment where you create your own opportunities. And and because of that, there's a huge amount of freedom. You know, you you can basically do anything. And if you're joining a startup, for example, um, yes, it's chaotic. But within that, there's so many opportunities to learn so much about the entire business, to get stuck into different areas that you might never have done before, and also meet some really fantastic people. And I think um, you, you can kind of maybe see a startup a bit like a new relationship, right? You, the more you invest in that relationship, the more you're going to get out of that relationship, ultimately. And I, I don't think what I mean by that is not, you know, dedicating your whole life to this and not having a personal life at all, but it's about seizing opportunities. It's about, you know, if you're leading a startup, get out there, meet people, talk about it. Um, One of the greatest joys and pleasures for me of doing what I'm doing is just the fact I get to meet really interesting people all the time. And and I think um, I would advise any founder to to make the most of that opportunity. I would uh, advise anyone joining a startup to really say like, this is a very unique, special experience and I can just learn a lot. I can um, grow a lot as well and to, to really capitalize that opportunity. 
Um, I'm going to cheat and give one more piece of advice as well, because I appreciate that might have been a little vague. Um, I, I think there's a huge challenge in separating. When you're making a decision, it's so easy to conflate what you need to do with how you're going to do it. And I think it's very useful to separate those two things out because you, you can do some really challenging things um, in really supportive, nice ways. Like probably the most obvious but really horrible example is like, let's say for whatever reason you needed to exit someone in your team. You know, that's a very hard decision to come to, but that decision is the right thing for the business, for the rest of the team, uh, you know, if it's got to that point. So when you do that, do it in the most kind way possible. You know, do it in the, treat the other person, you know, as another human being. So it's not necessarily that things such as having to, to exit an individual is um, something you should avoid or something you should be scared of, but it's really taking those, um, those moments and saying, well, how can I do this in the best way possible? And I, th I think that's useful advice for all decision-making because often people, when deciding a strategic course of action, will be constrained by the reality of just the situation they're in now. This is why business mentors and business coaches can be so useful because they have this kind of external objective view on the situation. But you can learn to do a bit of that yourself by very much separating out well, what, what needs to happen ultimately, but I have no clue how we're going to do it. Okay, how would we do this in the best way possible? And what would need to be true for this to you know, be the right decision or be, be the most best course of action? And I think those two thought exercises can be really useful when it comes to making difficult decisions. Mm. I, I think actually the advice that I would have, I think actually the same for both someone who might start their own thing, but also someone who wants to join something, which is, I think oftentimes when people think about a company, starting a company, joining one, they think about the product, right? Like they look at the product and go like, oh, I really like the app or I really like the website or I really like, you know, what the product does. I use it myself, for example. And actually, in my experience, time and again, it's kind of, it's actually one of the smallest parts that really is going to decide whether or not this thing will be a success. Um, and I think that in my experience that the bits that people think about a lot less, which I think actually more important is also not just, it's not just the product, but the business and the company. And there are three different things, right? The product is, can you build a good product that like people will use and, will make people happy and that people like using in a differentiated way, et cetera. And I think that's a very visible thing. That's a very understood thing. You know, you can like, if you have good product intuition, you can do that. And I think that's typically the thing people focus on because it's, it's, there's writing on it. There's all these things on it, right? Like it's very much what everyone does in engineering and design and product. But then there's the business, which is, can they make money from this? Like, will people pay you for it? Um, and if people pay you for it, like, what are the margins like? What are the unit economics like? Will you lose money on every transaction that you make? Will you make money on every transaction that you make? How much scale do you need to get to before you start making money? And so I think these are actually questions that people consider a lot less. Um, and you can have the best product in the world. If the business isn't healthy, then it's pointless mm -hmm. uh, because you can't survive. You can't pay salaries, right? Um, so 
And I think the business is worth thinking about. Is it actually a good business? And I think the third thing is, is the company, which is different again, which is, um, can you build a good company? Can you build a company that people enjoy working at with a healthy culture that people want to be a part of, where you can have the right skill, where you have the right skill sets and the right people for that business, for that product in that market? And can you lead the company in a way that like actually also lives up to that, right? So I think in my experience, you very much need those three things. You need the product, the product needs to be good, the business needs to be good, the company needs to be good. You can't have two out of the three um, because if you have a bad company, but a good business, good product, eventually you, you will get the wrong people and then you can't build a good product anymore and then the business is bad. So it, it's kind of like these things are, are tightly correlated, I think, and very, very interdependent. Um, so I think you kind of need to think about all three. And I think if you think about joining a thing, I'd actually spent more time interrogating, is the business healthy? What's the company like? Then I would spend on the product. And if you're starting a thing, the same, right? Like I would go like, can I build, like if you're a product person, engineer, designer, product manager, um, anything like that, the key thing to think about is like, let's take for granted for a second that like we can build a decent product here can actually build a good business here because that's going to mm-hmm. matter way more than anything else. So I think those are the things that I tell people to, to think about. Well, if you want to have greater ability to influence the product and organizational strategy, you can't really do that so much at large organizations. Uh, if you really want to get involved in how product gets delivered, if you want to be able to you know, actively contribute to the success of a, an organization, it's a lot easier to do it smaller and sometimes less established businesses. So working in large organizations, you, you tend to be sort of funneled into quite specific areas. You can build up good knowledge in there, but really in order to evolve as a product manager, you, you want to have a broader area of responsibility. So you know, working somewhere where you've got the opportunity to be a sort of full stack um, product manager, to be more T-shaped, to really start to sort of you know, work in areas outside of your core area, that's good for your growth. So I would definitely advise um, you know, looking for some of those opportunities. Yes, I think sort of in engineering, you know, looking for somewhere where you've got that learning collaboration, you know, at Ghost City, you know, we have learning time, we have budget for courses uh, as, as well. Um, and try and find a, you know, a modern tech stack uh, as well, yeah, something that you want to work on, something that you can, can, te- can keep growing and, and learn as much as you can and ask as many questions as you go. See, that's why I like not being an engineer, because your software and languages change and you have to continually learn. Personally. Always learning. Yeah, always learning. Yeah, personally, not for me. <laughs> I, so joining a startup, like do it 100%. Like, you know, we were chatting earlier about um, all the experience you get, all the different like variety, the growth in your career. I, I just think it's it's absolutely like, why everyone isn't working for a startup. I don't understand. Like, definitely do it. Um, especially, you know, if you're in a position, you know, where you can take a bit of financial risk and, you know, the realities of that, I think, are, are interesting as well. I've worked at huge corporates that are pretty happy to, you know, ask people for the first sign of, uh, you know, so I, I think that idea that startups are more inherently risky, I, I don't think that's true. I think it's all about proximity to the value you're creating. If you're really close and can see the value and impact you're having, then I think that's a really safe place to be. But the only thing I would say, if you're, if you're, and this is personal experience, I think ask them, you know, uh, if, if you're interviewing with a startup, like how much cash have they got in the bank? What kind of runway have they got? How much salary cover have they got? They should have a couple of years of your salary in the bank. Otherwise, they're going to be running at, you know, payroll and struggling to pay you. And, you know, you want a bit of security on that stuff. And I think as well, ask them, you know, how many users have you got? What kind of revenue have you got? What's the revenue growth look like? Um, just to make sure you are getting into a high growth startup and not getting into kind of zombie <laughs> startup territory where, 
um you, you look behind the scenes and it's kind of uh, was it wizard of oz style where there's there's not much behind there you want to know that um that the thing's real and and you know, find someone you believe in as well you know you've got to really resonate with the founders i think if you're if you're joining a startup um, yeah. but definitely definitely do it um in terms of starting your own business i i, I think uh not that it's polar opposite i think it's still do you know I'm, I'm loving i'm loving startup life but um you know it, it's it's long and hard you know it's um no one sort of tells you before you do it how how sort of trapping it is you know it's a 10-year journey if you if you're um you know in, in a in a normal job i guess and you, you you're annoyed at something that's going on you can just get straight on you know job hunting websites and, and move you know you can get out but that doesn't exist in startup world and i think uh you know you can you can feel a bit caged in um is the truth of it so i think the bit of advice I would give is make sure you really want it. Uh, you know, you really, really deeply want to do this thing. I, I, I've seen friends that have started businesses because they wanted to earn a bit of cash and they thought that was the, the quickest way to, to earn money or, um, you know, they thought it was going to happen in a couple of years and they get a big exit and get out. And, you know, right now I'm earning dramatically less than I could be earning otherwise. I'm working harder and, mm-hmm. and all these things. And, you, 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 you know, if, if you're not properly motivated, if you don't really want it, I think, you reach a point like this where you've just been kicked and kicked and kicked and you know there's something else over there that you're going to go to there's an easier way to make money and, and you're just going to bail on it at the worst time so i think yeah you've got to you know don't just do it really really want it i think is, is yeah amazing. yeah that's great i mean that's one of the things that we love to kind of talk about here like the, the mental uh, aspect of it you know it's not straightforward as linkedin might project it to be sometimes where it's just yeah. like yeah we've made this massive sale we've got all this investment and <laughs> Yeah, I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. and you know I'm just having an amazing life. There is that kind of there is a strain, especially if you are you know the founder. It's it's on you and it's your baby and it's about you driving that through. So yeah, it must take some some toll. But there's got to be like you say, you've got to want it and you've got to see the the progression and the the wood for the trees sometimes and where you're going. It sounds like you're on the right trajectory anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's um, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? The, the tougher you know, it's about the journey. The tougher it is, the the more rewarding it is when you get there. And I think. Uh, yeah, you're definitely subjecting yourself to some pain if you, if you do go for a startup. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're going to break because you don't understand the boundaries. Um, people have, uh, generally speaking, like, you know, great intentions. So, you know, the people that kind of start building that, they're always like, they're always like oh, you know, you will have that thing that's very close separation in the and then that other thing. But then as company scale, you lose that. And then everything starts to become this big ball of mud and new engineers or lost. Um, so Zoe was not different. And uh, you know, when I joined, we had a monolith. Uh, we slowly started kind of chipping away at it, kind of creating microservices. Um, you know, never in the never with the idea of kind of rewriting everything. In my opinion, that 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 doesn't work. But more like, hey, we're going to start building these kind of new features instead of putting it here. Let's create something that is a bit kind of uh, uh, isolated. Um, so we kind of, you know, always kind of approach it uh, from that angle. And I guess the other thing is that we've always tried to really shorten the lead time. So what can you do to get your thing out as quickly as possible, uh, which is both true on the back end, but has also been true for us on the front end. Just do it. If you, you know, don't think that everything has to fall into place before you actually take the first step. Just do it. If you've got that belief and you've checked all of the main boxes and you know you can afford to take the risk, take the risk. You will never regret it. Even if it doesn't work out, you'll never regret it. Because I tell you what happens, you learn. And learning is so important. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
there is only one constant about startup it is change and i know that i haven't coined this phrase but i like it i think it's it's truly reflecting the nature of startup it's constantly evolving constantly changing and people who work there they need to accept it they need to embrace it you you can't you can't fix this you can't stop change because this is the nature of of working in a startup and the best they can do they can embrace it and they can grow with the company they can change and grow with that this is the best they can they will have lots of fun this way and it will save a lot of frustration i guess i think joining a startup is kind of a, uh, adopting uh, adopting a certain kind of a, uh, style of working and um, um, I actually do think that joining like you know, a startup that is kind of going fast etc like the, the the years of experience can double um, but that's also not for everybody and it also kind of depends on uh, what the startup is um, how much support you can you can get um, so um, if you are you know, super, super junior and you join a startup where there is only super, super junior people, that's going to be hard because uh, you will be exposed to a lot of super interesting problem. But also there won't be that many people to help you kind of grow and, and, and look at, uh, you know, what, what great look like. Uh, on, on the contrary, if there's kind of a few senior people that can mentor you, that's, um, that's a very, very interesting experience. So I think, you know, joining a startup my, my advice is that there's actually you no know, startup and startup and it's it's more like a, a matter of kind of really finding one startup that is you know going to match where you are in your career um, what are your kind of aspirations but it's it's a great experience uh, it's a great experience in particular if you really want to kind of grow in totally different areas um, if you care like purely about oh I want to be like the best software engineer ever and you Know, don't care about kind of how do you build like a great product uh, or you know how do you build team maybe you'll be uh, you know better suited to join kind of a more mature company where you will be able to see what you know great processes look like um, but if you like kind of you know growing and be stretched in totally kind of a different direction if you like to take uh, a problem that is like fundamentally quite hard to solve where there's a lot of ambiguity uh, and just kind of fill the gaps and get a lot of things done then I guess the startup is probably uh, a place that you will enjoy uh, uh, more. So it's kind of quite related to the degree of ownership that you like uh, taking. If you really like taking a lot of ownership, make things happen, I think startups are a great place. If you know, you're more like, oh, you know, I want to focus on this super complicated problem, I don't want to worry about anything else, then you know, maybe there are some, um, some other place that, uh, that would suit you. Um, better so i think you know my, my advice is is basically that try to be a bit um you know conscious about um what you want from the experience what you're looking for um and then you know there's a lot of startups so find one that can offer uh, you know good supporting environment uh, versus what you're uh, aiming to do um i think it comes back to networks so we've sort of spoken about if you have people in your network and you can get that warm introduction that that is a real big game changer in the vc ecosystem um, so thinking about how can you grow your network, going to events is I think is a really good one. In London, I could literally go to a VC or startup event every single night of the week. And I know Manchester's the same. So it's great that we're in this sort of post-COVID world where people can actually go out and meet people. 
Um, linking back to the female founder point though, if you're a mum, you might not be able to go to all these events in the evening. So it's sort of thinking, okay, how else can I actually build my network? This can be reaching out to people. Coming from a private equity background, I genuinely think um, the VC community are really approachable, really want to help each other and build those relationships. It's such a relationships-led ecosystem. So reach out to VCs, angel investors, accelerators, advisors, other founders that have been through the same thing as you or might work in the same sector. You'll be surprised how many people actually just want to help people. Um, and then there are different co-working spaces and offices that are specifically for startups. Um, so again, that's a great way to just meet other startups, bounce ideas off each other and yeah, join a community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think first of all, um, the, the advice I generally give to people with, with, with looking for roles is, is there'll always be some compromise with every role that you take. So where do I think the, the kind of real positives are with being, a, with being in a startup? I think things happen very fast and you because they move so fast you tend to learn a lot and grow a lot as an individual so you know we often talk about on two years in in, in on two and while i've only been there kind of just less than two years it feels like a lot longer because we've been through so many more things i've grown so much as a person we've done so many more things as a team so i do think that, that that's the area really that comes out from that if you want to grow you want to learn often you'll be in scenarios where um, you're doing something that's the first time that it's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I often talk about this excitement that um, wouldn't it have been great if you were the first person at a kind of an early person at Netflix mm-hmm. and you were solving these problems that Netflix was doing and you kind of say, look, I, I, I solved those problems. I was one of the ones who contributed to that. And I do like to think that's where we are in the, the kind of EV subscription space is actually we're solving these problems that nobody else has solved yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, that's massively positive. I think you know, on the perhaps slightly con side of things, it's never always going to be easy. And so anybody who wants to perhaps have a really easy life, who would prefer to not to perhaps go through those challenges, you're going to struggle a little bit because there are days when you finish and go, oh, could anything more have gone wrong? <laughs> and there are days when it's absolutely amazing. And, and I think you're, you know, you have to build that personal resilience to be able to take those ups with the downs because there are going to be the downs. Uh, you know, there are no challenges that come left field all the time and you really do have to work through those. So I, I would, I certainly think that's the, you know, that's the, the kind of perhaps con to that. But if you want to learn, you want to grow, you want to experience uh, doing solving challenges that nobody else has solved before, then I don't think there's a, there's a better place to, uh, better place to do that.